Hello and welcome to another edition of the Capiche Filmcast. Stephen Barry here for another thrilling, tantalising episode of the Bond Daft Project. Joined remotely, of course, for with my Bond aficionados for a Bond ranking episode. Today is Best Gadgets. Bond has a, a multitude of different types of gadgets. We're trying to decide how we're going to do this. But before that, let's introduce our Bond aficionados, Francis Murphy. Yo, yo, yo. Steve McCall. A very good afternoon to you all. And Gordon Webster. Good afternoon, Mr. Barry. Good afternoon, guys. We're here once again ranking uh, different elements of Bond today, the gadgets. We're trying to decide how we're going to do this. So, is it? Fa- I'm guessing favorite gadget is probably maybe the spirit of the category. Um, so, I'm going to just do the same structure we've kind of done before. This kind of debate. We'll try and get to our top three with a winner. Uh, we'll just probably nominate some of our favorite gadgets to discuss why uh, why it's the best of the gadget. I don't know how. Yeah, this is a different. Uh, it's a different type of a debate really from the, the music one it's a might be uh i'm interested to see what comes out of this one gordon yeah because that's the thing i was gonna say steve um to me there's like two categories of why you like them you might like one just because it's it's totally superfluous but it's funny but then other ones are ones that are, have a practical use so i there's a i yeah. suppose it's just what, what one do you like yeah i was gonna maybe. name this category something like uh most unrealistic uh mi6 device or something like that but then i thought that that limits us to the bond gadgets do we discount then the thing sort of the quirky gadgets that villains have you know i was gonna say because i've got a few on my list that are gadgets that villains have used i would say we keep them in that's fine yeah yeah in the bond world yeah i mean the thing is as well like it's not even about obviously there's different areas i suppose but i mean you know, you could bring a gadget to the table, so to speak, for a specific reason that, you know, it's not that it's unrealistic, but it's also, it could be, well, I've got one in particular. I don't know if you want me to mention a gadget just now, but... Uh, well, like, well, you may as well have the first slot, uh, first five you want to put in there for nomination. Go for it. Well, I, I guess, I don't know how it would work, but like... um. In the world is not enough. Those X-ray glasses where where he was looking yeah. around the room, right? So now, uh, yeah, are we doing? I, I mean, I was. This is the other thing because I was going to nominate that as my worst or one of my no, worst. But that's it. Well, like. I mean, I, I think it's not so much best or worst in the sense that it's more like cringe. That's a cringy gadget because like he's got the glasses on, and yeah, it'd be good to be able to see who's got weapons. But it's the fact that I mean, it's just the most. So maybe we need to hash out what this category is then. Are we, first of all, doing two, like a best and worst, or are we just doing most outrageous gadget as as its own thing? I I think we should have a best and worst, but we shouldn't limit it to best and worst for a particular reason. So, like, you know, we're we're going to agree there's a best and worst probably, but I think there are going to be multitudes of reasons. Like, for instance, you could have the crocodile and octopusy, the crocodile outfit, which is ridiculous and implausible, but absolutely wonderful at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Because it's just, you know, it's it's... It's mad, and and the thing is as well, what makes that even better is that the whole crocodile costume thing happens around about the same time as that assistant gets killed. So the incredibly serious moments taking place right beside utterly absurd moments, you know. So there's yeah, that was kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, okay. All right, just uh, things you like if they're yeah, it's, it's what, personal for, preference. Like yeah. some of them are just endearing, some of them have, have a real kind of strong use in the film. Okay, it comes down to our debating skills. Yeah, if you can. If you can argue the case for one being best or worst, then I think it goes in. Okay, okay. Fran, then, what are your top 
five. I'm, actually, two secs. I'm going to get the uh, Word document up. Uh, well, let me see. I've got wee notes written down here. Let me just have a really quick one written down. I need to um, finalise. Having what? trouble getting it up, Q? Oh, God. Actually, um, okay, so for one of them, there's no particular order to these, right? But these are ones I thought were quite good, right? Two secs. I've still the document. is um, a convoluted way how I open this thing. <laughs> the sophisticated gadgets says, I'm using here. <laughs> yeah. I think my mum says we've still got an old electronic typewriter. <laughs> wow. wow. Locked somewhere. I remember imagine, using imagine. that in 2003 to like 2005 or something, thinking it was the coolest, newest thing ever. Imagine, imagine using that for this. Steve having to continually like tear shreds off of it and then uh, start again. <laughs> oh, there was something so endearing about the noise you used to make. Just typing the keys fast. There's something really nice with that. When, but when you pressed it in, in bold character, it was like a gun going off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, okay. I like that idea about like folk are like phoning the police thinking there's multiple gunshots going off in the house. <laughs> I just uh, I was only writing officer, I was writing. <laughs> my, my grandparents used to have an, an old like it was a nineteen fifties or sixties typewriter and that you used to have to have really have to hit the keys for it to actually register. I'm not just saying that because it was old this time, but this was like in the nineties, but even at the time I think you really had to like thrash the key down. Right, I'll share the screen I suppose as well. No. Da -da 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 Okay, okay, right, Fran. Do -do 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 -do. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, so I like so in Diamonds of Forever you had the false fingerprints. I like them because I thought they were actually they were almost like a kind of Daniel Craig era style gadget because they were so useful, so clever. You know what I mean? Um, and quite kind of understated. Um, I liked um, Doctor No, right? Does Doctor No as a man? <laughs> yeah, just a great gadget, very versatile. <laughs> yeah. um, I like the Geiger counter. Now, there you go. A Geiger counter was a bond gadget in those days. Uh, how do I spell that? Is that G U I? No, G E I G E R. Oh, yeah. I knew that. <laughs> um, so, obviously, it was 1962, so not many people would have come across them, would they? So, it would have seemed like a big bit of technology at the time. Um, but I like the fact that because because Bond had to get it from from MI6, basically. Um, what else did we have? Again, a kind of vision of the future, right? Um, from Russia with Love, the tape recorder camera. Now, you might see a theme forming here, right? So false fingerprints is something that you could see that someone might use. Geiger counter is something people use. Tape recorder camera is effectively like a video camera, isn't it? So it's like, you know... Um, just kind of a weird sort of surreal extensions of everyday use and every kind of at the time yeah, yeah um there was also the um uh, the <laughs> octopus right this is a bad guy one so the remember the yo-yo saw yeah. there was always like a yo-yo and they would like fire it down and it would saw through things absolutely like, i just thought that was just such a kind of like a yo-yo is not a dangerous thing it's like taking a yo-yo and turning it into this incredibly lethal thing. I mean, imagine it flew off, rebounded, and fucking hit you. You know what I mean? Like, it's a mental thing. See, that's where good use of sound effects, dramatic sound effects, came in with Bond, because they obviously added this kind of weird sound effect for every time that I get thrown. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's the same as, like, and then in, in Goldfinger, with the, it was like a sat-nav, basically, that 
that Bond had in the DB5 with the sort of beeping noise, you know, that's it's not only what you're seeing in screen, but the sound effects guys are just thinking, where, where can we find a good noise? Or even like the tyre slasher on, on the car, they have to create a, a noise, something dramatic, you know. Okay, here's, a, here's the last one. Um, so Octopussy um, TV Watch. Remember that? Oh, yeah. And now, end, yeah. Again, now, okay, apart from the yo-yo saw, so the yo-yo saw is the enemy one that's a bit crazy, but I liked all these things because people always say that Star Trek kind of predicted the future in a lot of ways and, like, predicted iPads and mobile phones and stuff, but James Bond kind of did it in some ways as well because some of those things are things that could be... Did, did, did eventually... I mean, look at the, the, the video watch. I mean, you've got Apple Watches now, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, tape recorder camera that was before video cameras. Um, Geiger counters became more and more commonly used and more well known. And um, I'm sure the false fingerprint thing's got to be possible now. Yeah, and although this is like a feature of a car brand, the it was basically a sat nav that Bond had in in the DB5, and that was in the 1960s, and that was something that became commonplace built into cars in the 2000s. So that's yeah, like, yeah, you're right. I Bond was always it was always like maybe. 10 years or between 5 and 10 years ahead in terms of technology compared to the real world. I mean, Elliot Carver in Tomorrow Never Dies is walking around with an iPad when he's keeping all the news guys. Well, that's the thing. I mean, see, see if some of these guys who invented these tech concepts had patented them at the time. Aye. <laughs> could have been rich. I know, an iPad in 1997. <laughs> I know, or like, you know, a, a, a TV watch in the 80s. Or like, yeah. I mean, obviously nobody's came out with like the I yo yo saw. Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, that of time. Yeah, I mean, like we're kids in the playground are all going around like chopping each other up. But, um, I, I mean, it, it, I, I, that's what I like. That's the gadgets, the kind of gadgets I like are the ones that have that predictive quality to them. So obviously, four out of five have that quality, or were real, like the Geiger counter and the yo yo saw is just a bit of fun, really, because it's. You've got to have at least fun, one fun, crazy gadget in there. You mentioned um, before those five. Did you want the other one to be added, or is that for the worst? Um, the the or oh, uh... the X-ray glasses? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's that's for the worst in the crocodile suit. I had a feeling someone else is going to mention that anyway. Right. Okay. Cool. Steve, you want to add some? Yep, I will. Uh, I will say that the ripsaw yo-yo was also on my list. Uh, so I'll be backing that up. Uh, other ones on my list include the the jetpack from Thunderball. Yeah, that was on mine. Absolutely, have to throw that in. Um, this is where kind of the, the vehicle gadget crossover came in, so I'm trying to work out whether it counts. Tanaka's person along the grounds. Oh, <laughs> uh, let me think. So wait, hang on. The entire, the entire setup, the his, layer, essentially. His underground system of getting about. Yes, that's. I'm trying to. It's, I wonder if that's a layer. Maybe would that be his base? The, oh, do you mean like the oh the actual uh, yeah the railway? It's a piece of technology. So his his, yeah. Yeah. Is, his, yeah. his railway that he used for getting about. Oh, is kind of that's specifically. an interesting one. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, let's put it in. Yeah, go for Add it. Add it in, and I'll I'll try and argue it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna see how good I can debate I actually am. Um, so there's that. Um, I'm gonna throw in the spy iceberg from a view to a kill. It makes me yeah. laugh every time I see it, and I do. I think it is just because, particularly, it reminds me of the the current BBC series where they've got spy animals in the real world, and it amuses the hell out of me. So I'll use that. And then the last one I'm going to add is 
the huge magnet on the underside of the helicopter from You Only Live Twice. Oh, that was going to be my as well. Yeah. <laughs> the usual reception. Yeah, I love yeah. that. <laughs> Absolute brilliance. So that um, that's my five. Extra emphasis. Hey, guys, Biden has won the election according to oh. BBC. We'll yep. 10 oh. seconds just uh, I want to just quickly read this so we'll, this will obviously so I mean I, I think it's important for the posterity of the podcast that we mention things that are happening historically yeah. where were you when Joe Biden won the presidency we, we were discussing gadgets <laughs> 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 holy shit is there a press conference is there something to watch probably not yet because it's at the moment it'll be a it's still a a projection so most networks, I think, will now be projecting that he's taken Pennsylvania. I want to see Trump's press conference. Oh, it says basically he's won Pennsylvania, according yeah. to BBC. Steve, what's it been like for you covering this stuff? We've basically kind of been off the hook because it's all obviously happening over in the US. So we've we've been sort of struggling to find any kind of Scottish angle. Ah, okay, yeah, fair obviously enough. the fact that he's he's effectively a golf course in Scotland. He's just he's a golf course owner up in Aberdeen. I think it was. I think it was when he when Trump won first time round. The Press and Journal up in Aberdeen ran with the headline, "You know, local man wins U.S. presidency." <laughs> Desperate for the local angle, which was excellent. I know it's like but, you got to, you've got to commend that, like the de- the the tenuous strand. The oh, it's it's what you do. You have to any any yeah. local angle you can find. You take it as he linked us. Yep, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. So he's got two hundred seventy three. It's BBC or soon. That sounds about right because it was Pennsylvania was twenty. Is it is it Pennsylvania one or was it Georgia? Because I know they were pipping them for both at one point. Pennsylvania is the one they're projecting now, and that was twenty electoral college votes. So that's the one that he needed to get them across the two seventy. Um, so chances are he's going to take Pennsylvania, Arizona, Nevada, and probably Georgia at this point, which will take him well across the line. Isn't this like a like a, is this the most people have voted for someone to win or something? Like, is this quite oh, yeah. a landmark kind of result? The turnout, turnout this time around has been huge in comparison. It's the biggest since I said the sixties or the seventies. Since nineteen hundred, the biggest turnout since nineteen hundred. Correct. Yes, literally. Yeah. Like, is that and, taken into account? Obviously, the massive difference in population. It's yeah, percentage of the population. Right. Turned out percentage. Yeah. Biggest, oh yeah. yeah. Well, you know how. It, because I'm looking at just the main kind of web page that says he's won it, just the main thing. You know, usually it'll give you related articles below. This is BBC. The next related article says the man who feeds hundreds of parakeets every day. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what relevance that's got, but... Really, that's the BBC's uh, um, algorithms going, yep, you know what's similar to this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I've got that as well. Yeah. All right. The last one, Steve, for you... What are you going to well, add? Uh, my last one was Huge Magnet. So oh, yeah, okay, yeah. So one of you guys. <laughs> Sorry, nobody's going to understand why I'm laughing so much there. Right. Like, just... <laughs> I had a connection oh, that formed. Right. But, what, it reminded me of the Huge Magnet, because, like, I just want to be reminded of this a wee bit more. Oh, it was... Um, the, the Bond was being chased by some... I can't remember which villains were chasing him. In a, it was a car chase, and they somehow commissioned a, a helicopter to fly overhead with a massive magnet underneath. It was the most sort of, it was just the most sort of basic gadget of all the technology they could have used. They flew over the car with a massive magnet. The car stuck to the underside of it, and they flew across to 
the ocean or whatever and just drop the car in. It's the way so that the, they introduce it though with let's treat him with the usual uh, what was it the word the line the, the usual let's reception. treat him with the usual reception yeah like just that dry that's, line that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is what they the, do the, as standards that's why it's so funny here's Steve Steve McCall I just wanted to check with you see the the the, the what was it the danger meter or something. Um, oh my god, why have I not put that in? Of course. Well, would that be the layer? I suppose there's a category we're going to do on villains' layers. You could probably a, talk about it's it. It's a there. device you could talk about. I just want to hear what you think of it again. I mean, it's. Danger wheel. Uh-huh. We'll just leave it to the danger wheel episode. Yeah, I think we can. Uh, <laughs> I think you can. You can. That'll be part of the uh, villains' layer, unless you want to count it as a gadget. No, I think it's it, it makes up part of that. Because that entire layer yeah. has to be discussed in a separate episode. Because it's. It's just wonderful. Okay, okay, Gordon, what's your uh, gadgets you want to add? Well, yeah, I'll pick a nice mixture of ones that are fun and exaggerated and ones which could have, you know, which had a practical use, perhaps saved Bond's life, or even, you know, could conceivably have been something from the real spy world. I mean, that might sound exaggerated, but see... See the likes of the special operations executive and like the if you if you learn about the history of the spy world, some see some of the kind of lower key gadgets like in the the earlier films, like maybe if you like Doctor Known from Russia with Love, there's you know, there was in terms of concealing things like briefcases, concealing knives and things like that, there was things like that in the real world. So there there obviously was some relevance with these sort of things. But on that note, um one I would mention first of all is the briefcase from, from Russia with Love, which is the tear gas cartridge yep. and the the knife, um, which can be um, obviously can come flying out as well. Which so that obviously saves Bond's life, which I'll I'll go into later on. So that'll be the first one. I would say Thunderball, the rebreather. So the little cylindrical device which Bond uses to breathe underwater. That, that's just so cool. And of course, well, you could even you could even say uh, makes a reappearance and die another day. But I would say also now you could say Bond's watch when just as one. But I think if if you break it down, I would say that Bond's watch and Live and Let Die for two things: first, used as a buzzsaw, and secondly, the magnet attract as well, which obviously uh, the Golden Eye game you could say reappeared in the nineties. So what's that? Three. Um, Goldfinger. The again. Um, this this is a clever kind of concealed device. Um, Bond has a little kind of tracker, the little kind of gold chip that Q gives him, so that so that MI six can track him, and it fits into the buckle of his shoe, and it can be attached to obviously the other. Um, I don't know, tracker device. What we call that? Um, microchip, whatever. So that would be my number four. Uh, what film is that? Goldfinger. Yeah. My last one I'll put in, I've got a couple of quick honourable mentions, but the last one I'll put in, um, I'll go for a dimes up for everyone. This is a fun one. Q has, in, in the casino, I don't even know why Q's in the casino, but it's a little thing which causes the slot machines to just give out loads and loads of money. It's like a little kind of key that he puts, you see him when he's talking to Tiffany Case near the end of the movie. I think that's just hilarious. Slot machine device, maybe? Hi, whoever. Yeah. Um. There, I think that just shades. There was a couple others. Just like I'll just briefly mention them. I like in Moonraker. Bond's got a cigarette case, which it's got cigarettes in it. But if he opens it up, it's a safe cracker. That almost made it in. I think. 
I like the, the little ring camera and a view to a kill to take surveillance photos as well. But yeah, that's my five. Cool. Uh, okay, so a couple of mine are already here. Um, I think uh, I'll go with... Well, I might as well start with being on brand. The Golden Eye Gadget. Bond's watch. watch. Now, this is kind of similar to yours, uh, Living Like Die. The Bond laser watch, for me, I love. So, might not win much here, just because it sounds like it might be right now, even with the, the Living Let Die one. I was going to add the uh, the briefcase purely. It's the kind of the first gadget um and there's kind of like an excitement to see how it's going to be used because it's the first time we've seen that so yeah completely with you on that one being added and i did also really like the huge magnet from you'll have twice um now i i'm trying to go with the kind of funnier ones in my head there's a couple of ones that i think i would add the um the cigarette uh rocket uh i think Maybe deserves a mention. License to kill. Or you only live twice, is that? Or that maybe there's there's one in both. And, try, yeah, I, and you only live. Oh twice. no, as you only live twice. Yeah, sorry, you only live twice. I meant that. <laughs> but as I think, is there something? Well, in License to Kill, you've got Dell and Felix's lighter, which is the flamethrower. No, it's the it's the rocket I was thinking of, and you only live twice. For some reason, I was picturing Connery, but License to Kill came out. Um, We've got at least is that three? You only live twice mentions we've got that's... funnily enough there's another one i would add to this i think you only have twice didn't realize how good they nailed the, the gadgets in this film i don't know if this counts as a vehicle and we've kind of got another category talking about vehicles but if it counts i would add little nelly purely because i loved that whole section in the film the sort of gyrocopter battle in the in the, cl- in the in the sky i thought that was awesome so that one's more for just a, it, that itself alone had its own entire section that I just really enjoyed in that film, which I think that film has a lot of hits and misses, and for me, that's one of the best parts about it. So, that's another for that one. Yeah, I think that's maybe... I suppose the other two were added already, so I will leave it at that. So, that's a fair amount already to try and cut down. God knows how we do this, because how do you argue against a, you know, a Geiger counter and a watch and a slot machine device? Uh, this will be a fun one to tackle. Right, um... Okay, Gordon, pick one that you want to talk about, either as a yeah. fun one to cut or as a one to you think really that's to to get added to this list. And obviously our reasons for adding it are so varied at this point as well, so it's going to be definitely difficult, this one, to narrow down. Is it because of it's funny? Is it because it's how well it's used in the film? Is it because it's so realistic and it could be done? Let's see. Gordon, what would you like to talk about? Well, I'll pick this one to cut. But I think it's just for the the hilarious nature of it, it's worth mentioning. Just the dimes are forever. The device Q has for the slot machine. I mean, first of all, it's hilarious that it's so gratuitous and un- unnecessary how Q and Tiffany Case are seen in the casino, where it's having absolutely no bearing on the plot. And it's just there just to be showy, because it's a very showy film. But it's just the fact, it's as though Q's, and he, it's just him in his spare time. But you get the idea that Q... Even when he's off duty, he's still very sort of gadget oriented, and that's and he tries to put his own inventions into its personal use. So he, he's just going down the casino thinking, ah, I could do, I could do uh, something to help me win a few bob here. So he's going to each and every slot machine, and he's putting in. I can't remember if it's a key or something. Obviously, I've not seen it a lot, but he's just the the machines are just giving him endless silver coins. It's it's just so funny. Yeah, and unfortunately, there's a one of the worst scenes in the film follows with 
we're both failed in drag, but um, it's just, oh, God, uh, it's just, cool. it's just such a, it's so sort of unnecessary, but it's one of these things you can kind of laugh with it. Yeah. It's the same as Q's sort of voice box thing, which he says that he's going to give to his, is he, is he giving it to his children or grandchildren for Christmas where it imitates a voice on, on the telephone? But yeah, it's just, it's similar to what you would say for the likes of the octopusy crocodile or the, you know, the, maybe the spy iceberg thing in view to a kill it's just it's just a lot you know it's it was one of the things that film which did make me smile there wasn't a lot of them which scenes which genuinely bring a laugh but that that always does okay okay steve isn't anything you want to highlight to be locked in potentially or cut from this list yeah i think similar to gordon i'm going to take one of my own and sort of cut it straight off the bat just to help bring things down and i, th- I think it does have to be the spy iceberg i mean i <laughs> I know how ridiculous it is. It's it's completely stupid, um, but I just I I love that idea. It's just you know, how do you blend in with the surroundings if you're in a, a sort of cold iceberg type area? You create one and kind of hide inside it. And also it's just the the ridiculousness of that scene. He he ends up in there with a woman. He suddenly produces some Russian caviar and a bottle of champagne, and ends up getting it on. It's the entire thing is so ridiculous. And I mean, I, like, as, like I sort of alluded to, I think the, the reason I particularly like it is that there's a great BBC um, nature series narrated by David Tennant where it's um, it's animals in the wild, but the, the makers of the show have put robot versions of the animals to kind of hide in among them, to capture them. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Kind of, yeah, uh, that's cool. Sort of in action without any humans about and it's absolutely fascinating. Mm. And uh, that's why I think that the iceberg thing is it's that, but it's massively ahead of its time. Of course, I but, don't think those animals had Union Jacks on the, the top of the lid or anything. No, they're, they're slightly slightly more subtle, I think. Yeah. There, there definitely was no subtlety with this. You've got to yeah. blend in with the surroundings, but we still have to show that we're British. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Like and the, the, the... Nigel Farage produced spy devices. <laughs> yeah. One one of the funniest things about it as well, Steve, is ha- the biggest one of the biggest features as well is all the surveillance equipment. It has a bed just there, sort of ready and waiting. It's <laughs> yes. got glasses in the overhead rack, and it's got sort of full autopilot mode. So Bond says to um, he says to the lady, "Oh, just put it on automatic, will you?" And then it just gets sort of knows where it's like complete autopilot. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's not designed for spies. It's designed specifically for Bond. He's gone right. We're, we're building a spy device for you. What do you need? Right, I need champagne glasses, caviar, yeah. a bed, make it comfortable. <laughs> oh, it's Brilliant. it's it. magnificent. Yeah, but uh, I think it has to go. Okay, okay, Fran, Fran. you want to uh, either lock in one potentially or cut one from this list? Um. Hmm, this is actually quite difficult. It is, it is. It's because it's um, it's an unusual. It's not like best. It's kind of a favourite, and that just that encompasses everything, doesn't it? From what is the funniest, and what's the coolest, and what's the smartest, and really difficult to to nail down. What that's is, the thing. I mean, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking like, unless we try and nail down the category as a most iconic gadget or something. At that point, it's like or something or. I mean, to me, like. The laser watch is almost like because of the it was in Goldeneye. I mean, that's to me, like I, I, you know, you almost don't get more James Bond than that. That's like it's like you know, like I've said before, if an AI was tasked to come up with a Bond gadget, that's what it would do. I mean, it would create a laser watch, wouldn't it? Yeah, I love the fact it's called the Bond laser watch. It's not just a, a yeah. laser watch, you know. 
It um, was great how one of the great things about Goldeneye the game though, Fran, was how it uh, included the you know there was a good few gadgets from previous films. Yeah. The other yeah. thing was because they you know do you remember there's a camera in the in the game Goldeneye and the image has got the logo 007 in Moonraker when when Bond gets into Drax's safe he whips out this wee camera it's got an eight. It's like etched brass on the camera. It just says 007. It's his own like sort of personal camera. I love oh. how they had that in the, the game. That's just reminded me of Live and Let Die and Bond has his own cards uh, that all have 007 <laughs> yeah. on the back with, uh, and they're all the lover card. Yeah, amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm struggling here because, because I just can't decide. I can't decide what I want to take away. I don't know how this... Became. I mean... Did you I think, probably keep octopusy ones because you're quite a big fan of that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, well, just nominate one to talk I mean, about. They, I mean, they're all they're all great ideas. Mm. I mean, I, I do love the fact that the briefcase is just just called briefcase <laughs> as if it's just a normal briefcase. It's a nice looking briefcase. But, yeah. how, how do we do this guys do you know this the thing is, is as well I'll, one well one thing i was going to say briefly is like bond kind of invents you, you could qualify these as sort of like on the hoof gadgets like do you remember in doctor nowhere he gets talcum powder puts it in the outside the cupboard pulls out a hair from his head and and like puts it across the between the doors like to check if anyone has been in these cupboards while he's out i like that he does a couple of things like that in doctor no hey uh, um steve i've got an idea what? Right, there's 15 uh, gadgets. Okay. What if you were to give us seven points each and we get to distribute those points among the gadgets? Okay. And then we each do it and we see what's stacked. Yeah, but that's not really a fun debate. No, but then we could, at that point, we could then argue is that one really better than that one? Do you know what I mean? Like, we could actually come up with an order to debate. I think that's what we need. I think we, we need more, a, Yeah. We need an I'm, initial I'm not gonna... order. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, fight too like hard. Your, to, uh, in terms of like, because they're all sort of. As long as we get to, uh, it might be worth just talking about all of them. But yeah, you know, I wouldn't be like really aggrieved, for example, if the the watch from Love and Light Die isn't in the like the top three or whatever we do. But yeah, it might be I better think... just. Do... Sorry, Steve, like you said. No, I was just saying, the the way that we've done it. I think arguing each one on its merits. And establishing kind of a th- a th- the way that we've done it, I think will still work for this for this one. So basically, taking them, locking some, and getting rid of others, and we do eventually kind of come to a natural conclusion. I think if we continue down that road, I mean, it's going to be a far more amusing yeah. debate. We're going to be effectively putting, you know, a, the the jetpack from Thunderball up against a briefcase, a, a, a briefcase, and a micro light, and sort of arguing the merits of each one. I think. I think it continuing down that route should work quite okay. well. It's, um, obviously, I wouldn't any of us put ourselves under too much pressure to to keep ones in or to get rid of them because at the end of the day, these are just sort of gadgets that can be kind of relatively throwaway and fun. Yeah, that's kind of what I was wanting from this, to be honest. Um, yeah. For me, that's what it is. So it's kind of a, let's not take this too seriously. Let's just try and make some funny arguments as to why something should make it. I suppose the only issue is what, is the defining thing about it that gets something in there, you know? Or do you know what you could do? Maybe, um, like, say, one of mine, um, there's three votes, and obviously you'll get an, an odd number for it. So, like, for example, if I say the Bond watch, you three can, work, can say for or against, and, like, obviously 
not you won't get an even number, so it's either going to be in or not. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we each vote, and everyone else's <laughs> one. Make it won't really make interest in listening though. <laughs> but you can say why, not just say. Oh, yes, right, you okay, say yeah. why, like do you know what I mean? Because at least that gives you an odd number, so it's it can't be two all, for example. But you could do that just to even thin them down. I don't know. Uh, Fran, just pick one then, and we'll talk about it, and we'll can sort of get a consensus if we feel like it's got a kind of legendary status to get in the top three. If not, we can cut it. Top three is obviously okay, quite okay. Okay, so I'm to pick one that I would want, and I'm going to lock one in then for the legendary top three. Okay. Um, I think, I think I'm going to go for the Bond laser watch. Oh yeah, go I'm trying to brush. think. Um, because that's a great one. It was almost in my list. Does it? Does it? Does the watch do other functions in <laughs> in Goldeneye? So. Well, yeah, it saves I your game. Tell the it same. Can save, <laughs> save your game, so Bond could save his. Basically, yeah. what it was. Wait, oh, no, no, I'm talking about the film. But... No, I know, but but Emma, what we didn't know actually, <clears throat> um, this is something that that I actually read online was that MI6 had come up with a way to actually um, refresh the quantum state of the universe. So what happened was, whenever Bond felt that he was in a difficult situation or he was in a really good spot, there was a functionality <laughs> on the watch where he could press it. And then the watch would allow him to go back to that state if things were going wrong. This is a, you, a, a I, new I way to win an argument is to uh, a new way to win an argument is just to make up stuff. Interesting, <laughs> I like that. That's a good way to do it. But hey, if it helps, I, I do it all the time. Bond's mission was going haywire. They could just like go into the watch, and say this isn't working, and just abort mission, restart it. I mean, <laughs> the, I wish my, my life could go like that. Well, really. the thing, the I want to see a film was, that does that. Well, they actually <laughs> they actually had to ban um, secret agents from using cheats because. It, it kind of destabilised the balance of power. Like some Russians were using like God mode, uh, big head and, mode was real. Yeah, annoying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put, putting putting enemy health up to a thousand percent for a bit of a challenge. Now I'll put it back down to zero. One shot kills enemy rockets. Yeah. Oh god! What what was really strange as well was that you know the police were getting called out by like concerned people in the countryside, where like there'd be just buildings appearing and four guys inside it killing themselves over and over and over again. You know, killing each other. Um, one shot kills, golden gun. You know, it was it was crazy, mad right. time. Okay, so well, the laser watch will keep highlighted just now. We can obviously come back to it, discuss it, uh, see where we we feel it fits. If it's going to be locked in as one of our top three favorite uh, gadgets from the Bond series, uh, I am going to uh, nominate. Uh, let's go for the very first one, the briefcase from from Russia with love. Um. So obviously this kind of set up the the sort of this was the genesis of what the the series would start to do. Obviously the tone of that film is a bit more serious. It doesn't have the gold finger kind of tone, but the tone of From Russia with Love went with this gadget that is quite well used. I think the the build up to the scene in the train, um, when uh, Red Grant opens up the briefcase and all the talcum powder comes out, it's pretty awesome. Um. So, I think we can maybe give some of these extra brownie points as if they, they have actually saved Bond's life because Bond had fallen into a trap at that point and that was another because one thing that gives that scene real merit Steve is that it was like all hope was lost when Grant had Bond at gunpoint yeah yeah and uh, you know that's just like the classic example of of a Q branch gadget saving Bond's life and essentially helping them to you know, complete his mission. You can other examples you could say like in Moonraker when he, he's on the um oh the big rotating the centrifuge machine when it's going out of control and he has the dart wrist activated 
dart gun, which saves his life. You know, that, that kind of gives things... I suppose most of these, they, they, I don't know if they all save his life. Well, some are just ones that he uses on a mission for espionage and things like that. Yeah. Uh, I would say, see, for that one, to, I mean, yeah, a real positive for that one is it very directly saves Bond's life and gets him out of a really difficult situation. Yeah. So I've highlighted that it does not, by no means, means this is going to be um, making it to the final three, but it's been highlighted as one that we can talk about. Uh, right. That's two are highlighted. We'll come back round then. Gordon, are you wanting to pick one to cut or talk to highlight? I am. I'll pick. Let me see. Now, I was just quickly going to mention, following up what Fran said, you know, as well as there's enemies with good gadgets and there's there's even allies with good gadgets like Holly Goodhead is a couple of good ones in Moonraker, like the flamethrower perfume. That's quite a good laugh. I forgot about that. Um, God. Yeah. I just thought I'd at least mention it. And obviously the Living Daylights, the, the, the key ring, which obviously um, explodes or lets out tear gas. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm just looking at the list uh, for like, a, a lock-in here. Uh, I'll go for the, the rebreather, which was one of mine because. Is this to be cut or what? Or uh, well, I'll... to, to lock, maybe there's a lock in because. Lock-in choice? Yeah. I mean, just how much would we all love a way we could be, be able to just dive underwater and be able to breathe and just, just be a fish for a few minutes or something? It's the way, um, it's just perfect. It's just, you know, pocket well, size. The thing, the thing that was interesting about that one was that um, I can't remember what division or whatever, if it was the military or whatever, the Navy or something, they actually contacted the producers or the, I um, can't remember who it was specifically, but they asked them how they did, how they created that. They thought it was real. Yeah. Like that, that was so convincing that they were like, how did you guys do that? We obviously want to use that uh, technology. Yeah. Which is uh, quite impressive. I think as well, um, if you look at how it's used to to create some brilliant dialogue between Bond and Q in that briefing, Q says to him, it folds into a convenient pocket size and, and just as the typical Connery humour, he's like, that's assuming one has a convenient pocket. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's used well there and then it's allowing Bond just to dodge the sharks in, in, in Largo's pool. You know, I mean, I mean, it's not like you need to put on a full, like, scuba gear or whatever. It's just this little thing. It fits, it fits into your jacket, man, and you, all you need to do is, like, put it, hold it in your mouth, you know, where you breathe underwater. It's uh, completely, I would say, pretty implausible, but wouldn't wouldn't we all just love to have something like that? Yep. Right, uh, Steve, anything you want to nominate uh, for highlighting, maybe? Yep, I'm going to lock in the yo-yo saw from Octopussy. Uh, just because I think of, obviously, villain gadgets, villain weapons, they're all sort of fairly interesting and impressive, but this is the one that I remember watching and going, oh, wow, that is brutal. Yeah. Because it is a, it's, a, it's a terrifying weapon. It's, I mean, for those who maybe can't remember or haven't seen, it's, it's a massive circular saw, huge one, on the end of a yo-yo that is kind of it's thrown through a floor at one point, isn't it? Kind of Mrs. Bond, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's just it's so sort of terrifying as a weapon, and it really it stands out. It's not just a gun. It's they've obviously put a bit of thought into how can we make this 
this villain particularly terrifying, how we can we make him look really vicious. Let's put a circular saw on the end of a string and get him to throw it at people. Because it's it is it's it's so kind of out of control that I'd be it, scared it using does, it. Yeah, exactly. You have to. You've got to be a kind of psychopath to even think. Yep, that's that. That's... I've, I've got a selection of weapons in front of me. I could use the gun or the flamethrower. Nope, I'm going to use a massive circular blade on a bit of string that retracts and comes back towards me. I'm thinking the thing about yo-yo is once you you throw it, it comes back. Yeah, yeah. Because the thing is, Kamal's men were they actually paid this? He looks like a freelance hitman. You would think if we're going to pay a lot of money, you, you want to pay someone who will definitely get the job done. So we'll, we'll not pay someone that's one of the best marksmen in the world. We'll pay a guy who has this huge saw, which you probably can't even conceal. I was going to say, it's not, it's not subtle either. That's part of the, the hilarity of it. How, you know, transporting that thing to the place where you're going to carry out your hits. You've got to be walking past people going, what is a character? What is, is, is that a is that a ripsaw on a string? <laughs> and yeah. that it totally tore up Octopus's pillow. That looked like one expensive pillow. That added to the impact because the first time it's used on Bond, like the one of the hitmen th- throws it down when Bond and Octopus are in bed and it just misses them. And it just tears open the like, all these feathers come flying out of the pillow. The utter carnage that it causes, I think, is another one of the reasons why it stands out as such a great such a great sort of gadget weapon mm-hmm. yep okay okay fran we're probably gonna have to start cutting stuff anything you want to cut um uh i don't like this um let me think i'm gonna take the geiger counter off because it's not really a gadget i mean i i, I like you, it was it made sense why i picked it but i think really if we're going to be picking really really bondy stuff like any any like boring fucking Physics department's got a Geiger counter, do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> Alright like, then. Fair yeah. play. Fair play. Geiger but, um, gone. Um, did we not have four locked in? Oh, we more 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 than that? No. F- we do four. have yeah. four just ah, now, yeah. so we're gonna try and cut um, some, but then they can still if you if somebody wants to argue a case. In fact, I'm gonna take I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take off my false fingerprints as well, I think. Yeah. Uh because they're not Again, my, my approach of what I was choosing was things that were predictive, but I don't think that's what we're what we're gonna have at the end of this list. Yeah, I suppose if the the if we were going for a specific like closest to real life future mm-hmm. gadgets, then this would have been but, up there. All right, okay. Uh, I'm gonna offer to cut. Uh, hmm, this is tough, guys. It's good because we've come up with some sort of clever ones that a lot of people just wouldn't really have thought of. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. a, quite a few from You Only Live Twice. Yeah, let's, let's look at... Yeah, sorry, guys. Uh, no, just that, yeah. It's, it's good we've got... I mean, You Only Live Twice tends to be amongst the casual fans. Everyone knows it for the one when you first see Blofeld or maybe because it's Connery's last before he left. But there, there's obviously a lot of real charm and hilarity to... So the thing lot, is, it was it was seen as kind it. of a mixed bag at the time because of the introduction of all the gadgets. So that was where they started getting a bit cartoonish, wasn't it, at the time? Where they obviously hadn't known where it was going to go. Like, that seems tame in comparison. But at the time, that was like a big departure. The kind of overladen amount of Bond relying on gadgets all the time. Yeah, because I think when it got to... It was maybe when it got to Thunderball, it was really noticeable 
that Bond became a bit over-reliant in gadgets. I think the jetpack at the start of the film is probably the exactly. example of that. Right, okay, let's look at the Underground Railway from You Only Live Twice, <laughs> which Tiger Tanaka's Underground Railway. Um, what do you, what do we yeah. want to be? Yeah. As I, I, would as argue, I, said, it's... I have to say, sorry, yeah. I, I just, because we didn't have the danger fucking thing, remember that? This, this it, is like, it's part it's, of the layer. It's part of uh-huh. the layer. Yeah, I kind of. Although it it ran. It, the impression I got is that it ran the entire way under underneath Tokyo, and <laughs> he could go kind of wherever he wanted in it. That and is... he just he, the fact that he, f- he found it so normal. He said to Bond, I'm, "I'm sure your your M has one of these as well." That's incredible. I was like, uh, yeah, but, I love that. No, I I it's. I think it's worth a mention. It might pop back up again under best vehicle. But yeah, I would be happy to argue that it's not. It's it's definitely on the verge of whether or not it's a gadget. Okay. I think in the comparison of it, so I I wouldn't have any problem with that being argued, argued out. Although it is, it it does it it it, it performs the function of a gadget in that it saves Bond. It helps him escape. I think at one point. Am I right in saying? Uh, or does it just transport him across town? I think it just the transports train. him. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's, it's in the film very briefly, but of course it's yeah. So it's just really to transport the two of them, and and Tanaka gives Bond the sort of briefing of the intelligence they have in that ship. But it's it's the fact that it has it's just it's not just a train to transport them. It's fully laden with surveillance equipment with all the alcohol they need and with sort of nice plush seating and all that. You know, obviously the set decorators get involved a bit there. Yeah. It's in the same category as Spy Iceberg, then. Yeah, it's just a nicely decorated vehicle. Yeah. Okay, okay, we'll cut it, but uh, it's certainly got its mention. Okay, okay. Uh, go back round, Gordon. You want to cut something or talk about one of the ones highlighted as to why it shouldn't be highlighted? Yeah. Let me see. Mm, I don't know. So I don't want to go over my own ones here, you know, because I've already kind of mentioned them a little bit, so and well, I'll go for the just briefly, the, the cigarette rocket out of You Only Live Twice, because again, that that I like, the it's similar to, see for example, Holly Goodhead's perfume with the flamethrower, and you know, the the briefcase which explodes it, you know, it's kind of it is sort of it's like a disguised um it's a normal everyday normal, item. Normal, yeah. Exactly, yeah, a normal everyday Exploding item. Exploding pen. <laughs> and it's just so appropriate for Bond because, you know, obviously smokes quite a bit in the early years. And again, it, it kind of does save Bond's life because he uses it, I think, to when it, when Blofeld's kind of got him trapped in his volcano base. He, um, I mean, I think I'll cut it uh, because it's. I think it's not um, quite important enough, but it does save Bond's life. And it's the whole thing, Bond, how Bond uses it to, he, Bond suggests to Bofeld, he's like, can I not, while I'm, I'm waiting to be killed or whatever, can I not have a smoke? And, and Bofeld's stupid enough to actually give Bond a, a cigarette. Does he get, I can't remember if he gives, actually gives Bond one of his own cigarettes, which happens to be the, the, one of the ones with a, a rocket in it. But it's, <laughs> Just it's he- like a typical example, like the, um, Bond has a small grain of hope, yeah, like by the, asking for something or trying something, yeah, and then the and then the 
of course, the villain, when they should really just be disposing of Bond quickly, they, they sort of toy with him and have a chat with him first. Yeah, it's like in the unlikely scenario where that would come into play, somehow it comes into play. Like the the scientists in, 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 in Q's lab were obviously, well, there might be a chance where Blofeld or any villain might ask him for a second. He needs a kind of distraction technique. So I think if we create an explosive in the cigarette, he could then use that. Yeah, okay. Let's um how much money we got? We'll spend two years on R and D and get that in development. I don't even know why Blofeld was happy for him to have a cigarette because I thought he would want Bond to suffer. But yeah, yeah. was it was like is it is it kind of meant to show that Blofeld can be sort of a gentleman when it suits him? I don't know if gentleman's the right word, but you know it's it's just funny. I, I always every time I see it, I think, what's he doing? Yeah. Bond's not. I mean, does he? Does Bond really need a cigarette that much? Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I mentioned it to get it on there but yeah I'm happy to see it cut uh, it's, a, it's a genius idea though so you were right to mention it Steve cool we've gone Steve what do you want to talk about I um, I had a couple that I was going to do um, the jetpack from Thunderball I think at this stage I think I'm going to cut because again I have a lot of love for this jetpack I've expressed it before it's I mean it, it doesn't really perform a huge function in the film it's one moment at the start obviously of the pre-title sequence from Thunderbolt so it's not even in the main body of the film yeah and it's just it's it's a great example of CGI from that era because he's obviously standing still and they've moved the scene but it just the way he's sort of standing bolt upright as he kind of I know. flies through there and then lands it just it looks hilarious and it's a it's a great method of escape and it's I like the unexpectedness of it because he's he's at the top of this building. You think, right? How is he going to escape from this? And suddenly, he's obviously gone in and planted it earlier. <laughs> planted it earlier yeah. for him. So it's that yeah. ridiculous. That's thing. what makes me laugh when I think of it. That's to me the humor. It's like the preparedness to do, to do that. <laughs> to think, right? I'm probably going to have a skirmish, and I'm probably going to need an escape route from this balcony. So the jetpack. <laughs> oh yeah. Nobody's going to find it. Uh, hopefully, it'll be fine. And the whole thing is, did they have time to do that? Because if you think about it, Bond is watching who turned out to be. Um, is it is it Darvali's name? The the guy basically is Bob Simmons that plays him, but he's disguised as the widow at the funeral. So Bond is as though so that the funeral car thing leaves before Bond, but he somehow overtakes it to this guy's chateau. So in all that time in between, he somehow managed to go out onto the guy's balcony and plant the jetpack, assuming that's the way he's going to get out of the building. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It makes you wonder: Has he planted other escape routes around the rest <laughs> of the building that he didn't use in the end? Yeah, it's just they, like, done a survey know, in the house beforehand. Yeah, exactly. There's a, a, a rocket hidden somewhere else in a tunnel somewhere that he's dug, and that would be a fantastic Austin Powers sketch, wouldn't it? Where he has to ends up like trying to use them all, and they keep failing on him or something, and he's going around. <laughs> Oh, we should really get into script writing. Right, okay, oh, are, yeah. we, are we cutting the, the jetpack then? Uh, it's I not uh, going to make at it. At this stage, yeah, it's had its mention, but it's not going to make top top okay. five, top okay. three, so it can go. Fran! Fran. Oh, I'm oh, hearing I'm... myself. Somebody's got some feedback or something Back. now. I'm hearing myself uh, a little. I'm hearing, I'm hearing you as well, too. You sound like Dr. No. Go to the table, pick up the spider and all that. <laughs> His voice <laughs> booming out over the tannoy. I'm not speak, hearing that. Speak that again. Uh, okay, no, I'm not hearing it now, so it's fine. Something's changed. Weird. Imagine Doctor No did all the Tano announcements in supermarkets like Morrison's, <laughs> like can, can, can all can all um can all tool train staff 
Check him. Amazing. Oh dear. He's just got, he's just got the, the Tannoy voice, doesn't he? Or a Glasgow Central Station. I would want imagine him like. I would want Drax you know, to do it. Say he was the manager, like now you get the pictures of the staff, like and you've got Docs for no at the top of Employee of the Month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he always gets results. We just don't know how. You know. I think this is gonna be fun when we get to our or best you could, villains to You be. could have like his danger wheel thing where like if he's a, he's the guy who runs the checkouts and basically if like the customers in the shop as they go up he's increasing the danger, do you know what I mean? He's like you know, we need more staff. Yeah. We need them now. Right, Fran, let's try and move through this one faster. Uh, what do you want to cut? Uh, I'll take out. I'm going to take out. I'm going to take out Matu. So, so the sorry, the tape recorder camera and the TV watch, right? So, take them out. Uh, just want to talk about them quickly. Why? Just well, I, I, I feel like I kind of said the reason I chose them right, at okay. the start. You know that whole kind of like they were predictive. They were sort of looking at what might be in the future. But the other reason I'm taking out the watch there is because we've already got Bond's laser watch, and that's why I also think Bond's watch from Live and Let Die should go. Because I think having a watch represented at the top, you're only more than one. Well, that's, that, that's a debate we can have. The watch-off. Um, let's talk the watch about... The watch-off. <laughs> the great British watch-off. <laughs> yeah. So Bond's watch is obviously one of the most iconic things about Bond, doesn't it? It's one of the, the yes. sort of, I, I feel like one of them definitely has to make it into the three. It's just a case uh, of deciding which one. Obviously, we do have Goldeneye highlighted, but is there a case for the Live and Let Die version of the of the watch? Well, and it's well, it's got at least a double function because it's got the, the buzzsaw, which allowed Bond to escape handcuffs from, from Kiranga's lair, but also the magnet track. So it's like I say, it's completely saved his life from animals from the most dangerous animals in the world twice so first with the crocs secondly with the with the sharks that because obviously kananga's about to have him put into the shark pool so i think that's i mean to that's a pretty big contender to keep arguably imagine and the the whole thing i wonder if it was all the fact i like the watch as well steve because see how it's presented to bond at the start and in bond's house money penny says some cures repaired your wristwatch and you get a nice wee sort of introduction to it when he when M's having his cup of tea and because it, it, it builds it up because it a lot happens in the film between then and later on you might forget about it but you know what it's capable of and then when you see Bond in that island when the crocs are surrounding him uh well actually sorry it, it doesn't save his life there of course I'm just remembering because he tries to get a track like get the boat over to the island but it fails so sorry I, I've just completely um, had to backtrack a bit there but it, I mean it does obviously get him Gordon you're fired we can't you can't be on it anymore you're, you're not a Bond expert anymore I, I have to that. embarrass myself a bit but it does <laughs> it's like I guess you could say that they're both um situations they get it's honestly it's, it's amazing how in that film like there's at least two of the most dangerous animals in the world that are about to kill and it's like typical of the the villains we always talk about the elaborate ways that they want to kill bond it's like no we'll not shoot him we'll leave him at the mercy of the the sharks or the crocodiles yeah it's one of the famous tropes of the bond films which again was lampooned in austin powers you don't get it scarred i'm gonna leave yeah. him in an easily escaper situation <laughs> 
I love it. Uh, oh, tough one, tough one. Um, right, maybe we should leave the Bonds watch from Living Like Die currently and the, the watch off will continue. Who's it to cut? Did we choose? Are we just going to talk about... Let's talk about the shoe tracker chip then from Goldfinger. What What do we think? Is that uh, getting cut from this list? I'd be okay to cut so, it. I so... think the... Well, the, the the coolest thing is just how Bond can hide it in the heel of the shoe. I think that's really smart. Yeah. The thing is, so I think the thing with the, the yo-yo saw, the rebreed... Well, maybe not. Things like the yo-yo saw, the Bond laser watch. What does the briefcase do again? The briefcase, uh, tear gas cartridge, right. and it disguises a knife, and and also it hides all the gold sovereigns. Is see that's the sort of thing they did have in real life in the spy world. They had hidden yeah. compartments and suitcases and stuff. And the likes of the John Gardner books, he goes into, he comes up with even uh, more interesting versions of that. Like there's a briefcase Bond has in one of the Gardner books where he has. Oh, I'm trying to think what it is. It's like it's like the tiniest. Um, knife in the world it's so small like you you can't even like feel it <laughs> it's just something ridiculous like that is uh, you know it gives uh, it obviously adds fuel to like these continuation authors to like right it's, it's like the watch right you there's so many different things you can that uses bond can have for a watch you know in the same way there's so many different things that you could you could have like a, a briefcase is just like a, a bomb for example or i'm sure there's mm. maybe there's maybe one or two. Of the, I'm trying to think. There's maybe one or two of the later films where a briefcase is another function where they sort of bring it back. I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Well, that, that's. I think there is, but I, I think really what we're what we're doing here is we're trying to kind of get to the point where we've got like is it a top three? Yeah. So it's like a top three that kind of says Bond, like three items that if Bond had them, mm. right, or Bond was around them, or they were in a film, because there's usually about three kind of gadgets in a movie isn't there like you know that stand out like yeah so i mean you want an enemy one so the yo-yo saw there you know an enemy one at least that you'd something like that, that you'd see maybe something like i'd say definitely the bond laser watch 100 percent. that's like bond right down to the ground and then one some and then for the third i would be like well is it something that's kind of cool um like you know i think we just have to decide which well, first of all, I, I I would I would take the laser watch over the the living light die watch as a watch that is like it is a bond right down to the ground. Do you know what I mean? Like that if that was in a film, maybe even had more to it. Do you know what I mean? Like in a, in the film, I feel like because it was in the game as well, like there's just something about it. Yeah, know? maybe that's the same um, for me. I suppose you, know. you could say it's got more uses maybe than I suppose the other one. Like I said, it's got a double function. It's the saw and the magnet attract, but. A laser, I mean, how many bonds could you use like the laser watch to like break open a window potentially or to, I don't know, just it could get him out of like, so, obviously using the film to escape from the train. But well, you could you use could it use, as a weapon to like kill people. Uh, exactly, I know. And, you know, there's, uh, there's maybe like more uses for that, I suppose, if you're going to sort of granular detail. Okay, will we cut the live and let die bond watch then? Yeah, I think that's fair. Right. Okay. Getting close. And, and, and that's the thing that so, I guess like, I don't know. I mean, I I'm not really got much of a a dog in the fight really with this yeah, horse in the race. I yeah. suppose we're like, we're we, not, we, we're not, I mean, Yo Yo Shaw and Bond Laser Watch. I'd like to see them in the top three, but like, um, I mean, really, like, I could be happy with any of the third one. Like, if I was thinking of like a hypothetical Bond movie where you had the Yo Yo Saw for an enemy using it, you had Bond with his laser watch for some good scenes there. 
and then any of the third ones, like, like any of the rest could be. I kind of feel third. like I should have high, I should have put in the ejector seat from the DB5. I think that feels like if we're talking Bondy kind of thing, but we didn't put it in. So um, I wonder when maybe we should take out the huge magnet. As much as funny as that, just seeing that. And that seed, the way it's used as well, and it's, it's very much a single use. Yeah, this is the thing as well. Like with that, um, would would that actually lift a car? Just an absolutely huge magnet, a car that's moving. Do you think that would definitely work? Oh hanging yeah, from a helicopter. Yeah, well, I don't know if it worked hanging from a helicopter, but I don't. The speed of an object wouldn't affect its magnetic, you know, the magnetic attraction of it at all. I don't think. Okay. I think at this, as we've as we've done in the previous ones, at this stage, anything coming out is still on a pretty good. It's still within because this is written sort of top seven at the moment, and it's a case of not so much what doesn't deserve to be in the list. It's kind of what is better than the others. So all of the gadgets we've got at the moment listed yeah. are fantastic, but from what we've got, I think it's probably about time that huge magnet came out perhaps <laughs> yes because it's it is brilliant yeah but you're right it's one use compared to yeah what's this the four that are highlighted and then from those of the two that aren't highlighted they've got one that's a genuine very sort of useful you know the shoe tracker chip is i'm, I'm pretty certain what the security services use smaller versions of today it's it's a genuine gadget and then little nelly is obviously sort of the opposite end of the scales. It's with little Nelly. I'm kind of on the verge of: is it a gadget? Is it a vehicle? Mm, yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's brilliant, and again, it's a case of it's it's made it to the top five gadgets, and I think it deserves to be there. But is it as good? Is it as good as the others? Nah. Uh, I think that that argument be there because it's. I mean, it is great. Also, it it it's. It, I mean, Bond uses it to do some proper spying obviously um and it, it provides a fantastic dogfight scene one of the best probably mm-hmm. yeah uh, yeah Bloody yeah. cool use of the bond theme as well yes that is true it's, a it's like that kind of because it kind of encapsulates in a lot of ways sort of bond doing something cool steve doesn't it yes i agree okay we'll cut little nelly good point steve uh and yeah, so now we're down to a final five four are highlighted and the shoe tracker chip is still sitting there uh does, does the shoe tracker beat... I mean, it's similar probably to the briefcase in that it's the kind of realistic one. Uh, I, yeah, you, you could maybe take it out. I mean, I would say, though, one thing which is good about... See, if you look at three, like, say, the shoe tracker chips, Steve, the the, the briefcase and the laser watch, that's like... It's like If you think of, like, the sort of more upper-class bond of the book, the sort of like the class of Bond, the way he used to dress in like the 60s with the, the bowler hat and everything, it's like sort of gentleman's etiquette, like an English gentleman who is like, he's basically meant to work for a pretend company called Universal Exports. Part of what he might wear in his everyday attire would be a watch. He would maybe carry a briefcase to work and, you know, he would wear maybe some smart shoes that he could hide the chip in. So that's like merits, I suppose, for like those three. So as if, if you were going to dress up as Bond, these are the things you go for. Not so much a yo-yo saw. <laughs> um, uh, it might be a bit hard to conceal. I mean, I guess Bond used a, a Walther or a Beretta because it can get concealed in, inside his jacket without anyone noticing. It might be a bit hard to conceal the yo-yo saw. Might not be as practical. Uh, That's the thing. We didn't gadget. actually count the the gun as a, as a gadget, in a sense, although it is one of the most iconic things about Bond, isn't it? 
I suppose you could say, like, because we haven't really covered the Craig era, but briefly, remember, is it Skyfall where he is? It's like a traditional Walter PPK, but it's like a, it recognises his thumbprint, so no one else can use it apart from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. A late addition? <laughs> I'm not saying when he added in. I don't yeah. want to set the, no. the cat amongst the pigeons, but just I thought just because it just reminded me, because obviously I don't think we've really covered any from the Craig era, but obviously the Craig era, there, you know, it, there wasn't much in the way of gadgets. I'll say they weren't as bondy. I mean, they weren't, I mean, it wasn't really the same. They you tried, know, I mean, they, they maybe it's getting that way, but yeah. I mean, I think that classic bond is where the gadgets kind of shine. I mean, obviously up to a certain point, but I reckon my ideal list here, let's see. I would say the yo-yo saw I, and the laser watch, I think I agree with you on. And it's really yeah. just trying to get that final third one. Well, I would put my... I, w- I would put my... Um, Maybe the breather. Well, no, I don't know. I mean, I, I think a briefcase is... I, th- I think it's things that I'd want to see Bond have that you could use anytime. Do you know what I mean? And then you've got a good enemy thing. So I would go for yo-yo saw briefcase and Bond laser watch. Like, that would be my three, my top three, basically. I think I'm actually... In agreement on that, the rebreather is is very cool. It's, I mean, it's of that's, the uh, yeah. the most realistic because I mean, as you mentioned, if the, the navy got in touch with we went, that's great. How do you do that? That shows that it's it's got genuine potential, yeah. but it is it's also very sort of singular use. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas the briefcase is obviously multi-purpose. You can hide stuff in it. It had the the gold sovereigns, the knife, the, the tear gas was genius, and it 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 played the function that it really saved his life when he was in a confined space in a a battle with Red Grants. And I think it's just cooler than the shoe tracker chip as well. You know what I mean? It's just cooler. Like, if it were doing briefcase versus shoe tracker chip, I think the briefcase would win. Yes. Another merit of the yo-yo saw is that it's a, it's, right, it's an enemy's gadget, but it's one bond you use against the enemy, because when, when that guy throws the, from a height, he throws the saw down, and Bond uses the, the wire of it to, like, haul the guy off the balcony. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it, it yeah, it kind of, it was turned against them, which, yeah, you're right, that's a good argument. It's so, like hoisting a, a villain or henchman by their own petard. So are we cutting the shoe tracker chip then and having the final three as those others? I think that's a fair final three. Yeah, I'll uh, okay with that. Yeah, I, yeah. I love it. Well, okay. given it was my, my suggestion, I'm yeah. very pleased. <laughs> right, so we have our final three. The yo-yo saw from Octopussy. The briefcase from From Russia with Love and Bond's laser watch in Goldeneye. What do we choose as the winner of the best gadget or our favourite gadget, uh, the Capiche favourite gadget of Bond? Right, do we all get to vote? Um, well, it's just who what, put in. What, what's your your argument for whatever you think, and we'll see where where we sit with it. I I just think the Bond laser watch is the most Bond thing I've ever seen. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I just think that's, you know, probably because I've played GoldenEye as well, but like, but on a laser, what, I mean, it's just such a combination of absolute science fiction madness plus the most mundane item ever. I just, I just love it. Oh, you kind of won me there, actually. I quite like that argument. Yeah. I think it's the, the there's a suaveness to the watch, but the, mm-hmm. and then it's sort of, obviously, it's spy function as well, uh, and, and obviously the, the way it's used in the film. For me, that probably would be it. I'm willing to hear if the yo-yo saw is the best or the briefcase. 
my instinct is also actually of the three. I think for the last sort of 10 or so items, the one that's really stuck with me is the watch. It is the most bond of them all. And the, the tension, obviously, from the film where he's trying to escape from the train with it and he escapes uh, with Natalia with seconds to go before it blows up is it's just so memorable. It's also, I think, intru- intrinsically linked with the, the game as well. Because obviously you do the same thing in the, the game when you're trying to escape from the train and the, the tension because you're doing that against the countdown. Mm-hmm. It just, there's something about that watch. And I think I think it's, it's right that a watch wins because the watch, I think, throughout the entire series, it's obviously, as we've mentioned, it's turned up in several films. It's played various functions. And it is kind of the most obvious thing to have as a gadget because you can hide all sorts of tech in it, as we know now, because watches are now incredibly technically advanced. And it's just such a sort of, as I think Fran mentioned, mundane, everyday thing, which has turned into something really cool. Yep. So of the of the, the most Bond things there, I think the watch edges it above the other two. Gordon, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I was I was about to say it's the watch, but do you know I've had a late change of heart, Steve? <laughs> I think... You're I don't, always I don't, the contrarian, eh? <laughs> I, I know. I think... I think it's between the briefcase and, and the watch because, like I said, they're sort of like gentlemen's etiquette and Bond was a, you know, a sort of suave gentleman who wore a suit, you know, all the time. He just was always well-dressed. It was in keeping... You could say both of them were in keeping with the Bond of the books. Now, I think the briefcase edges it, but first I'm going to say why the laser watch is close, right? Uh, Goldeneye, there was a big gap of like, about six years between License to Kill and Goldeneye and people said that, you know, Bond did maybe had a stay and the franchise ran out of steam. And so that film, like 95, which was um, about 33 years since the first film, it's like it's like trying to write, um, you know, a song or something. Like it's coming up with something innovative that's never been done before. It's like, what could we give Bond that's in keeping with the character that's never been done before? How can they give that film a classic feel? Because, I mean, we've discussed how Goldeneye is like almost a greatest hits of Bond. It's like something very fresh. That was such a fresh idea it was such an ingenious idea and i suppose that they also the other fact is i don't think there's anything built up with that and we know bond is a watch but i don't think q introduced it it's like it because it comes out of the blue bond's escaping from the train and you think how's he going to get out with this and then i'm pretty sure that's what happens like you don't even know he has a laser watch so it's the impact to that you're right so actually, i think that's yeah. kind of close that is a strange one they don't i mean there's a huge q scene as well where they have um and that one, is that the one with the Q's got the broken leg, the Stooky that's also a rocket, and you've got a telephone box that blows up, and, and you've got you know an exploding pen, you've got all these things introduced, the car with you know missiles that never get used, and it, the, it doesn't actually talk about the watch. Did, he, he gives him the watch, doesn't he? Does he not make a comment about how oh, a new model or something? Um, new, is it, well, or, when is it says new model improved specs I think that's that, was that to, later film no it was actually to, to Trevally. it wasn't to Q and uh, Trevally's looking at it it's, it's a timer is that the, it's a remote mind timer as well isn't it yeah because Trevelyan kind of susses him out man he, he, he knows about he says like I still press here die and then it obviously deactivates the minds but yeah I mean I, I, was, I was about to say the, the golden eye watch but do you know why do you want me to tell you why I think the briefcase maybe edges it just like from a a personal standpoint. Mm-hmm. I mean, the I said earlier about how it was. It, so I think it was ingenious in its own right. How this was in 1963, and it was kind of rooted in the real spy world. And 
it was like, you know, a, a, just a brilliant example of a disguised weapon like with the watch. Because back then, it was probably, with technology, been so much further behind than it was in the 90s. You know, how do you come up with a, a sort of weaponry-type gadget in the nine, early 1960s? But the whole thing about the briefcase is, I like, I really love the build-up, right? Because you first know, very early in the film, they do this thing where you get in loads of films where... Q gives Bond the briefing and he tells him there's a tear gas cartridge, he tells him how to use it. So you've got that etched into your mind, but then for a huge part of the film, you forget all about it. But maybe you're thinking the back of your mind is going to come back in. So Bond, Bond's at gunpoint, Red Grant's holding the gun to him, and you think, like, all hope's lost, he's going to kill him. He's going to give him a, like, a real nasty death and all that. And as soon as Bond asks for a cigarette and Grant says, how how are you going to pay for it? And he's like, I've, I've got gold sovereigns up in my briefcase. And as soon as you hear the word briefcase, I don't know, it maybe depends how well you're paying attention to the film, but I can imagine a lot of people watching the cinema, it's just like, there's that suspense thinking, oh, here we go, is he going to use the briefcase? And you think, but is Grant going to suss it out? But Grant sort of falls for it, but you can tell he's suspicious. And Bond says, I'll open it. And he's like, keep your hands in your pockets. And he says, Grant basically says, I'll open it. But it's, it's the way it's edited as well there. It's done so slowly. To, it sort of builds up the tension. It's like, ah, Grant's going to get it here. And get a big, you can tell Grant's suspicious because he's like very carefully opening it one catch at a time. And see, even when he opens the second catch, you'll notice there's like a one or two second delay. So it's like, it's sort of building the anticipation. And then it's just the, the way it's shot when the, the, the gas cartridge explodes in Grant's face and it just sort of, it, it's like Bond turning the tables and the hench. I just feel it's that sort of, it's the editing there. It's the build-up of the... It's the opposite kind of with the with the laser watch because the laser watch comes out of nowhere, which equally, you know, there's this impact. But with that, there's the sort of anticipation. Yeah. Okay, that's a fair argument. Um, so it's really between those two. I don't think the, the yo-yo saw as much as it's a, a good runner-up. Probably wouldn't make the, the cut, especially as it's not Bond's gadget. I think it's high enough there yeah. as, a, as a villain. Uh, for me, my personal take is, is the laser watch. I think it's that shock value is kind of what's humorous about it. And the way Fran and Steve kind of commented that it, it's a all-encompassing Bond, cl- classic Bond with a modern style take. I think Gafik, considering 1995, 33 years, as you said, Gordon, to, to still have that shock value. Yeah, it's like just the way they pulled it out of the hat. I mean, so many years without Bond, and they could so easily have had, you know, kind of like what they did with Die Another Day, where they have they got lazy. gadget switcher. Like, yeah, well, yeah, you're right there. Yeah, so they got crazy, but there was also one where it was just like harking back to something in the past. So you could say um, the likes of the, the hand-activated gun in Skyfall, for example, had been sort of done before i think it was either the living daily so license to kill but with goldeneye that was like the watch was like totally fresh and it was so suitable just you know and it was a really smart watch what was it maybe an omega seamaster because mm-hmm. that was like brosen's bond that was because i think bond used to always have a rolex and then later they adopted the omega seamaster but it's yeah i mean that again so so good and just yeah i mean there's to me there's great merits for both of them right i think the well I think I'm hearing more of the Bond laser watch as the eventual winner, but a fair point, Gordon, for the From Russia with Love nod, uh, nod uh, you know, first... I, th- I think you would definitely have the 
like I would see this as like Bond Laser Watch number one, briefcase number two, you know, number yeah. three. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I mean I think the I find it quite difficult to choose between the two. I think it's I think really in my mind it would be a draw between those two if it wasn't for the fact that I just loved Goldeneye so much, the game and the film. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's a more of a personal connection. Yeah. I think that's what um, it is a little bit after acknowledge but that. But, but I mean Gordon's making good points. I mean that I mean that it is it is difficult. I mean, the thing is, a briefcase and a watch, but it, that is born through, that is him walking down this road with his briefcase and his watch on. Well, I mean, that uh, is it, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that's because there was, there was other, do you know what? I think they could really, they could have done with and they could do this going forward. See if they dig into the continuation novels and there's actually some ingenious gadgetry in them, things that have never been done in the films that I think they could bring into the films. I'm thinking mainly along the lines of the John Gardner books. There's some brilliant stuff there. I'll need I'll need to look out a couple of them. I think um and see the 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 case that he had in from Russia with Love is I I used to see my dad used to bring he used to have like an old style briefcase. Like, I love those old style briefcases. I used to like kind of twiddle the catches on it, like the way obviously remember Bond has to twiddle the catches and the in the film to like cause it to explode. It's like it's it's funny. Like if you're a kid, you can actually actually, you know, it's it's an everyday thing. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I think for me that briefcase it was the way they used it and the way they built it up. It was you hadn't expected how they were going to use it. It was the first of them to do that. It set the trend. Um, okay, so the winner will be the Bond Laser Watch as the Capiche Best Bond Gadget, followed up very closely by the briefcase from, from Russia With Love and the yo-yo saw from Octopussy. There we go. We've got our favourite gadgets. Um, so that will round out the, today's category and we will come back. Yeah, we'll be back for more Bond ranking. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>